Welcome to the HTW Podcast, where your hosts, Erica Huss and Zoe Sakutis, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We stepped away from the juicer and into the sound studio to talk about this rapidly evolving world of wellness. We'll sit down with wellness experts and entrepreneurs for candid conversations and tales from the trenches, how they got their start, how they turned their ailments into ideas, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll bring you news, updates, and our unsolicited opinions on everything we discover in sickness and in wealth. Located at the intersection of wellness and business, HTW is your navigator on the bumpy highway to well. Erica. Yes. How are you? I'm good. So we have one thing in common. We both like... Well, we have a couple things in common. We, we both, both like soup. soup. <laughs> we both like bone broth. And we both like massages. We I was totally like massages. And you know what? Obviously, we're quite unique because, I mean, uh, who else likes massages? Nobody. Nobody. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. It's bizarre. How come people just don't like getting a massage, especially like when you can have it delivered to your home? Here's the worst thing about getting a massage. Obviously, I love them. Everyone does. But if you live in the city, okay, so we live in Brooklyn, wherever, you have to plan at least an hour to get wherever you're going. And then you take an hour and a half or however long your massage is, probably an hour. And then you have to plan another hour getting back. That is a three-hour chunk of time that mama doesn't have. Right. Three-hour time sucks. That's basically half your day. But you kind of negate the entire experience of having a massage when you hop on the train or however it is you're getting home that unless it's a some sort of an airlift from A to B being your home, you are having a less than relaxing experience after you've just spent a lot of time and money trying to just relax. Hold on. There's an exception to this rule. Yeah. And the rule is, okay, so Zio, they come to your house and they massage you, right? So it's not like a team. (laughs) It's not they massaging you. You get a massage delivered to your home. You get a masseuse, yes, an actual person who comes to your house with a table, unfolds it, lights a candle, puts on some sick music. I mean, not sick, like, you know, like relaxing music and gives you an amazing massage without having to leave your home. But one exception to this rule is that if you do want, if you want to leave your home, right, you need to leave your home. And sometimes I actually need to leave my home because it is full of all children because it's a petri dish um yes fair point i have actually in my experience with zeal tried to gift a massage to girlfriends of mine to say you know they're like oh my god i'm so stressed i have this going on and i just can't like i can't make time i'm like oh my god how about if i just send you a massage and they're like yeah in my house i'm like yeah they're like why would i want to do that why would i want to stay in my house which is most of the source of why I feel stressed and overwhelmed. And yeah, yeah, so I agree that there is. So then in that case, you know, just call a friend and have it delivered to their house. Right. Call a friend with a bigger house who doesn't have kids. (laughs) Come to my house. Or pets that you're allergic to. Erica, I'm allergic to your cats. Um, But listen, it is a genius service. And Samer Hamada thought of it and brought it to life in this amazing way. So it's in all major cities now. Is it national? Yes, they're nationwide. Samer actually, so Samer is- let's talk about Samer for a second. Let's talk about Samer. The founder of Zeal. Zeal is the name of the massage. We're delivering this information in a very bizarre order, but stay with us. Samer is the founder and creator of zeal.com. Get the app. It's the easiest massage you've ever ordered. And Samer 
I have known since I was, mm, I don't know, 19, dated his friend uh, way back when. And Samer, his first business, well, actually not his first business, but because I think his first business, he tells us it was a book binding company that he started in college. Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) So ladies, this is my friend Samer. He's a bookbinder. Anyway, so Samer's first company or first like real major company was vault.com, which is kind of like a resource for people who were trying to find a jobby job. And this is back in like, you know, early aughts. And I, as a favor to Samer, literally handed out flyers on the street corner, (laughs) on the street corner in like Wall Street. You're lucky that you didn't have to do it wearing like a pizza outfit or like a chicken suit. I wore a very short skirt, which I'm pretty sure I know. Hashtag me too, ladies. Okay. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was for a good cause. (laughs) Samer is a friend. Love him to bits. Um, um, yeah. Well, those anyway. were the days. But, but Sarah's I'm, a super smart guy. He's also, in addition to being a, 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 an amazing bookbinder and tech startup genius, he's like a chemical engineer. It's just like, come on. Yeah, enough. there's a big brain on that guy. I think yeah. I really appreciate that he was sharing with us his kind of aha moment. And it was when he was kind of putting the pieces together of Zeal. He was on a plane. And he literally like wrote the entire thing out on a napkin on the plane. And I feel like a lot of people have had that experience where like great ideas or big moments in your life come, you know, while you're traveling, while you're in the air, while you're literally not on earth. Funny side story to that is I had met Samer through you years and years ago because you guys were stayed friends and were in touch. And, and it had been probably seven or eight years since the one time that I actually met him in person. And then we were traveling back from a conference last year and I was on a plane next to Samer. So it all comes full circle. Oh my God, it was just meant to be. It was. We didn't write anything on a cocktail napkin at that point, but we did talk about how we could, you know, try to team up somehow. And I loved having the opportunity to sit down and interview him in like a formal way and really hear the whole story. Yeah, he's got a good story and he is a beautiful genius man. He's a good, good person. And we're so happy he created Zeal because now we don't have to ever leave our house again (laughs) all right well let's have a listen and then everybody can uh, blow up the internet trying to get their own massage at home hi guys we have a really good episode coming up but before we do we just wanted to take a second to talk a little bit about one of our favorite brands Siete, which is a delicious family-owned and operated healthy Mexican-American food company that specializes in grain-free tortillas, tortilla chips, dairy-free queso, and clean ingredient hot sauce. That dairy-free queso is ridiculous. I eat it with chips. It's like complete crack. Cashew-based. And the cassava and almond flour tortillas are soft and they roll up perfectly for a little breakfast taco, just like a flour tortilla. And for those of us who cannot handle the flour tortillas, perfect answer. Yeah. And I like, because, you know, they do have nut, like cashew-based tortillas, but they also have cassava, which is amazing. As a special offer, Siete is going to give our listeners this very special code. For 10% off. It's HTW Siete, and that's S I E T E, like the number seven in Spanish, and that's at sietefoods.com. Gracias, Siete. That's good. Zoe, I think that you should do today's intro. Okay. You got enthusiastic about pronunciation. Uh, well, because it's a fun name to say. What do you got? Some say Hamada. 
Some say Hamada. Um, so our guest today is Samer Hamada, founder and CEO of Zeal, the amazing on-demand massage. What, what are we calling it? Company. Yeah, company. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's company. an amazing company. I use it often. Good. I always go through it. I don't sidestep. I do not either. I'm here to tell you that <laughs> right. we are playing by the rules properly. You don't engage in what's called disintermediation. Is that what it's Ooh, called? That sounds like really punishable. Or It also sounds like people don't know what leakage. the fuck it is. So. Right. Platform, platform leakage. leakage. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is like so close. It's like platform incontinence. It is. Yeah. yeah. An unfortunate have, choice of words. They should have right. something for that. We both do not uh, engage in platform leakage because I think mainly because I actually find it very easy to use the the app and the site, but also because I respect what you've done with your business and I don't want to mess with your system, with your flow. Yeah. And it's creepy getting like too personal with the masseuses, uh, masseuse eye. Well, and giving them your phone number. My real number. Yeah. 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 You don't really want them to know all that. No, I don't. I don't. I always have the same one because I love her and I do not want anybody else. You press the heart button and prioritize. I did. Okay. I I had a masseuse once who loved me too much. Really? She was like, I was pregnant and she was giving me, she, not in like a sexy way. She was just trying to like, she really wanted to be my friend. (laughs) And like she, the next time I, I, she was a great masseuse. And then she came by the next time and she brought me all these like, pastries and like <laughs> cookies and croissants and everything and I was just like is this encouraged I mean we had a therapist bring us oranges from his garden to the office huh. but to the office nice somehow seems <laughs> yeah, nice your house gesture. is maybe creepier <laughs> it was a nice gesture I was just but it is a like, nice gesture <laughs> single eight something <laughs> female anyway so Samer you have this amazing business zeal but before we get into zeal let's talk a little bit about Samer Oh. And how he came up with me? this amazing idea and the other amazing ideas that you've come up with. So this is not your first uh, rodeo, rodeo, as yeah. they say, as Erica just said. As I said. Yes. <laughs> can we go back? Can we just take it back for We can a go back a little bit. I mean, entrepreneurship is in my blood. And I always talk about how when I was in seventh grade, I started a candy business mm. uh, because there was a candy stand on campus at the you know middle school and you could never get candy because there would be a mob scene you had a 15 minute break so i just bought a bunch of candy from costco and started selling it so you weren't even gonna bother with like line management you're just gonna start a competitive i didn't get a permit you know i didn't ask anybody (laughs) i just did it and after a couple (laughs) weeks the principal called me in his office and said you're illegally selling candy on campus at a markup i assume well for 50 cents which is what they were selling it for at the kiosk, and I was buying it for 25 cents. Amazing. But I convinced him that I was fulfilling unmet demand. So he You're let like, me keep going. You're like, there's a market. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. four, three competitors popped up, and but I, I still made good money. Where was this? This was at Tanaya Middle School in, in Fresno, California. Fresno. Fresno. You are Cali, born the and home raised. home of Tom Seaver and Kevin Federline. Wow. Wow. Those are some pretty impressive names. <laughs> In that order, I think. <laughs> wow. So you're oh, born and raised in California, right? Yeah. Yeah, born and raised. And do you think you had, like, did that sort of play into your healthy lifestyle? Would you say you have a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, I do. An interest I, in I've health? I've been running and working out and eating, you know, reasonably healthy foods my whole life. Yeah. But is Zeal is your first sort of health-focused company or yeah. what happened after candy? Because obviously you have oh, some well, coming back yeah, to do candy's after Candy's not very healthy, right? Sugar highs. Well, then I went to Stanford. Right. So Stanford is an extremely 
sort of entrepreneurial place, even when I was there in the 80s and 90s. But it's especially so now, right? Yeah. Stanford just opened up my eyes to all sorts of things. Just I met amazing people. I learned about the VC world, consulting world. I majored in chemical engineering and, you know, worked for Chevron briefly and then LEK Consulting. But all the while, I was like thinking about business ideas. And during college, I started a textbook printing company. So for four years, I printed these. Did that get all the ladies? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that and the, uh, you know, 12 years of violin playing. Awesome. <laughs> and the <laughs> California. on strength. Yeah, California like, State High School Orchestra. Yeah, I got a lot of ladies. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Star athlete. Um, no, not that. But, okay, so textbook printing. So you really this were just like looking for the next thing. What what was it going to well, be? I was just, again, I was just fulfilling this unmet need. Professors wanted to have their students read custom works. They didn't want one textbook. Mm-hmm. So these customized textbooks would have chapters from many different books, articles, whatever. So I'd put them together, photocopy them, spiral bound them during the break, and then show up on campus. Wow. Like a hundred different classes. So you also spent a lot of time at Kinko's. Oh, a ton, whatever the local competitor was. And I'd hire my fraternity brothers to help me sell. Anyway, made a lot of money, helped pay for school. And you did something good for your student body as well. Yeah. So that that had to feel like a little give back. It felt good. And then I I started Vault.com in the uh, 90s, which we sold in mid-2000s. All right, so what's Vault? Oh, Vault was a job site for college kids. So grew that to $20 million in revenue, profitable, sold it to private equity. You're like, whatever. It was so long ago. Easy But it's amazing. No, it was a hard road. This show is about health and wellness, right? It's not about... Right. Well, it's about your journey. Listen, it's about your journey. And your journey happens to include another amazing business that you created in a time when... I mean, this is all pre... Like, Vault was pretty original for its time. Vault was very early. Yeah. Very early on. So it was founded in 1997, sold in 07. Yeah. Went through the dot-com crash, the... 9-11 9-11 insanity here in New York. We almost went bankrupt. Yeah. But we, you know, survived and we thrived and eventually we sold in 07 and it's at a great. really good price. It was reported in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. It was on the front page, um, reported $85 million sale, which I won't comment on, but it was close. It was okay. close. <laughs> it was 75. Um, but <laughs> just for the record, this does not have to go on the show, but I did hand out flyers for vaults. Did you? Oh, really? yes. You on did. the street. That's right, Sam, where I put on a short skirt down to Wall Street, oh my God, little folding did. table you with uh, I forgot about NASCAR. That. Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. And I said, sold us. Vault.com. Vault.com. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Who made you do that? Mark. Mark, okay. Wasn't me. And Sarah, and uh, NASCAR, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, but hats off to you. That is very impressive. And so now how do you make the transition? What happened after Vault and how did you come up with this amazing idea for Zeal? I joined the board of a company I was an early investor in, CampusFood.com, founded by my friend Mike Saunders from Penn. And briefly, I was interim CEO, then we hired a CEO, and in 2000. 11 or 12, I'd have to look, we sold the company to Grubhub. Oh, great. Interesting. Yeah, and at the time, I was an EIR at Lightspeed Venture Partners, so we also literally, like, almost at the same time invested in the Series C in Grubhub, and I personally invested as well in the Series C with the board. So it was a great run. We later merged with Seamless, went public. You know, today, Grubhub's a $9 billion company on the uh, NASDAQ or NYSE. I can't remember. (laughs) That's insane. Wow. 
So during that time, you're sort of seeing what's happening in the space and you're seeing food businesses kind of having these amazing stories and, and growth. And well, exits. and marketplaces and mm-hmm. meeting these, you know, you know, unmet needs mm-hmm. on demand. That's, that's sort of where that whole idea of on-demand fulfillment came from. Partially uh, Campus Food and Grubhub. And even before that at Vault, we were on-demand fulfillment of job info. Like mm-hmm. most orders mm-hmm. on vault.com, people would order the night before the job interview just so they could get all the job questions. Right. Yeah. So I was always seeing this, you know, people love on demand. They want things like right away. I mean, some would say they want like, I don't know, pressed juice to show up at their door on demand. What? Jesus. Oh my gosh. That's such a great idea. (laughs) Somebody should start that. Um, So, okay. So then you're saying you're sitting around, you're getting a lot of massages at this time or you're just looking for white space. No, my wife, Allison and I were in Paris, France, for three months, just living with our two, at the time, young boys, Stephen and Teddy, who were, I want to say, three and one at the time. And we're just... What pretty, year is this? This is 09, summer of 09. We started thinking, so while I'm in the middle of doing campus food, and eventually Grubhub, we're just brainstorming about ideas, just thinking about our life. You know, I had just turned 40. So just the... Good for you. 40, just thinking about sort of, you know, how do I live a healthy lifestyle? I should be you know, engaging in other types of activities. And we hit upon this idea that we'd start Zeal, which we eventually did in 2011, just as we were selling campus food, to help people find a health and wellness practitioner. So the first Zeal had like 20 different verticals, personal training, yoga, massage, everything. And massage just stood out like mm-hmm. really quickly. It was like half the orders. Everybody wanted it last minute. Nobody knew where to go. Nobody mm-hmm. understood the pricing. And at this point, this was it... It wasn't specifically app-based at that point, right? I mean, apps were kind of... Oh, yeah. No, no. No no app-based. All websites. It was all just website. Yeah. Yeah. Just desktop web. When did ZocDoc start? ZocDoc had already started. So we got some inspiration from ZocDoc. So we said, hey, we'll we'll sort of copy the ZocDoc model. And in fact, the first TechCrunch article said, Zeal is the ZocDoc for alternative healthcare. You remember a lot of headlines. I do. That's good. (laughs) I have a crazy memory. So... Okay, so you were modeling after ZocDoc, and you basically were just following the feedback. And the feedback that you were getting was everything was pointing. Yeah, everybody massage. massage more than anything else. Than anything else. So you went. And they wanted it last minute. See, like they're willing to wait for an acupuncture appointment. Mm-hmm. They were willing to test out different personal trainers before they say settled on somebody. Or they would go to a yoga class, you know, sort of down the street. But when it came to massage, they had no idea sort of who's good, how much should it cost, what's this in-home thing, you know, how do I know this spa's any good? And right. to your point, usually if somebody wants a massage, they do kind of need it for instant relief or whatever it is. Either yeah. they need to just chill or they have some specific muscle issues. So I can see that that's exactly. more of a immediate need than, I mean, acupuncture, sure, you could make that case, but it's a little bit more involved. It's a little more involved. There's a little more And you don't want involved. somebody coming to your house to stick the pin. Well, the in-home thing was interesting because, you know, it was a small sliver of our orders, but people wanted somebody to come to the house. And we thought, that's weird. You can have a massage in your house. I didn't know anything about massage. <laughs> I remember the one day that Ed, our co-founder, I think Allison, Allison's a co-founder too, and we were sitting there and somebody texted in, oh, don't bring a table. I have a table in my house. And I turned to them and I'm like, you can own a massage table. <laughs> I just had no clue. Yeah. So I go online and we're like, oh my God, they're selling massage tables all over the place. You can actually have one of these things. That, that was actually the inspiration for launching the Zealot subscription where we ship you a massage table and you sign up for a one year. Oh, I'm a Zealot. 
Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah. And that thing is fucking heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that heavy. As light as 21 pounds? Is that right? I well, mean... Well, the ones that the therapists carry, I think, is 21, 22 pounds. I think that one that we make with Earthlight, which is the world's largest massage table maker, is... 31 pounds. Yeah, it's not light, but I also appreciate that it feels very stable and substantial yeah. and I only have to drag it out of the closet, you know, once well, a month or so. Well, and I would say only you use it. It doesn't That's have correct. like this icky, you That's know, correct. other no people's stuff on it. Totally. Okay, so when you had this original concept for Zeal, it evolved. When you realized that it was going to be this other thing and not what you originally imagined, was that moment sort of upsetting for you or were you relieved and said oh finally it's like revealed itself that's such an awesome question because no one thinks about it i think the problem is you get so wedded to your original idea mm -hmm. yeah that first you're upset so i was upset i'm like we've got to make this original thing work but meanwhile in the back of your head you're seeing all this data and you're like i see something else yeah and there was a little bit of a schism among the different team members because there were several people who were like we can't do this massage thing that doesn't sound that interesting. That's not a cool sort of health company. So we just kept delaying and delaying. And then I was on a plane ride to California. I forgot even why I was going there. And my laptop died. I had nothing to read. There was no Wi-Fi on the plane. And there were no movies. Like the whole movie thing wasn't working. So I'm sitting there bored out of my mind, starting to think about things mm -hmm. and thinking about like, why am I ignoring all of this data that clearly point to launching massage on demand in home with mobile apps like Uber, which was you know becoming mm -hmm. ascendant at that time. That's what we have to do. So I took this pencil that was like, didn't even have a sharp tip and I'm using this like plastic God, you were knife. really old scrappy. Oh yeah, just, like I'm cutting the... I'm cutting you were whittling. This, you're like, just like in the olden days. I had nothing to do. I had nothing to do. But think... And make a pencil. In the olden days. <laughs> right. Whittling. I like that word, whittling. I'm whittling the pencil to get this little nub of a little piece of lead to come out. And I'm writing furiously on paper. Imagine that, writing with paper. I can't imagine. Typing. It on sounds a awful. So like I, I, blistered and just painful. So I, I write at the top, I'm like, Sammer's Massage Manifesto. And then I write like, you know, a new paradigm for in-home massage. I'm like being a nerdy engineer. And I write this thing. It's like, Eight pages screenshots, and I'm showing like the consumer screenshot and the therapist screenshot and sort of back and forth, all these screenshots, and we land. I've been writing for five hours, you know, and it was clear, like, yeah. this is what we have to do. And I got to my location. I plugged in the laptop. I typed it all out. And it's something like four in the morning Pacific. I emailed it to the team and said, I'm coming home in two days. This is what we're becoming. Get ready to unfortunately fire half the team and restart the whole company. Oof. It's amazing. It's like and your Jerry Maguire moment, though. It's really like, you know, this whole, your mission statement and this is what we're doing. But the fact that you had that incredible moment of clarity, and often I find it does happen on planes, is because when you are limited from, you know, doing anything else besides just focusing on the moment that you're in. So how did they respond? Like, what was the... I think they were a little scared at first, but ultimately I think people were relieved, to Zoe's point, because the mission was clear. We knew we had something. Now... Our board thought we were nuts, mm. right? They were like, you're going to send strangers into homes? Yes. Like, you're crazy. That was my first question. I mean, that was my first sort of knee-jerk, too. It was like... Well, especially because in the old zeal, the guys that were ordering massage, I mean, I don't know the exact percentage. It was probably easily a quarter were writing, you know, other things in the notes that they wanted. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, use your Oh, they were actually Got it. telling oh, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're so very people explicit. were very explicit yeah. about their desires. And <laughs> the female therapists, I think about 80% of all massage therapists in the U.S. are female, are like, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. That's mm-hmm. why we never do in-home appointments. So I'm like, well, how are we going to create an in-home marketplace if nobody, you know, wants to get together? So that's how we hit upon the whole ID verification system mm-hmm. that we launched. That actually, to this day, is still we're still the only massage or wellness company that even has ID. Is that true? So what is yeah, the ID? Yeah, we don't know of anyone so who has it? it. That's unbelievable. At first, it was just very simple. We we connected with the Experian database, and you gave us your last four of your social and your legal name and your birthday and your gender and your home address, and we connected all that data with Experian's database and just made sure it matched. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we verify your mobile phone. But we've been adding more things since. So there's certain pathways now where you scan your driver's license or passport. There's also like a credit card check, some some other fraud systems. It's a pretty good system, and it really weeds out, yeah, I mean, for the most part, that. all the bad actors. Yeah. And so then, do the therapists have the ability to block certain? Well, first, first they rely on the fact that these systems weed out most of the bad actors. But if somebody yeah. still misbehaves in some way on an appointment, yeah, they can block that person. Yeah. And then that person gets kicked off the platform. Right. It happens. Yeah. It's always going to happen. But the fact that you have that system in place. It's minimized. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I cannot believe that you are the only ones doing that. That is shocking We're not aware of anybody. I mean, Airbnb has sophisticated ID systems. Theirs might be even more sophisticated, but they're pretty similar. Right. But if you think about the services, you know, the home beauty and blow dry and all the rest of it. I mean, you have people coming to deliver services in people's homes all the time now. And the other thing is Uber, I mean, like obviously paved the way for all of this. When they first started, I mean, the question was, how comfortable do you feel getting in the car, like in a stranger's car? And it's like, well, I do it every day in a taxi. Like, what's the difference? Well, the taxi person, though, was licensed by the state. You felt maybe a little safer. But I agree with you. It was scary to get a taxi sometimes, especially if you're a female late at night in New York City. Yeah. Which we are. Which you are, (laughs) yes. But yeah, all, all for all those reasons, the board was like, we're not giving you any more money. We're not pursuing this crazy. Oh, so you did not get you. They, yeah, they did not support you. It took six months of relaunching, plodding along and showing them because we were literally like growing like a weed those first six months. And all of the feedback was, wow, this is magical. Like this actually works mm-hmm. and it's safe. So they gave us more money. In the nice. 13. Just redid a new seed round. Very cool. So now where you are today, because I know you've kind of continued to grow and build out this platform and add more kind of the bells and whistles that come just with massage specific. But are you, I mean, how do you, how do you think about this business? First of all, or do you think, are you a wellness business? Are you a tech company? Are you both? And where is it going? I like that. We're, we're a tech company. In fact, we say that we're a tech wellness company mm-hmm. or a wellness tech company. And that's because the technology is critical to what we do. I mean, from matching people to that the right people are matched to just having all this data on are you going to show up on time and how good are the you know, how good is the service, um, how much are people paying, marrying that data with other data about people to sort of figure out what they want and you know what they're thinking. So very very much tech is a big part of what we do, but then wellness because people are super stressed out and you know they want something to sort of relax and recover with and massage is a really critical piece of that. But they're also asking us for many other things. So we are in the midst now of exploring sort of what else will we add to the platform. Mm-hmm. I think long, long term will be a platform for probably, ironically, going back to the original idea, dozens of services. Mm-hmm. We're just going to sort of sequence those and sort of tackle them one step at a time. That does sound 
correct, right? Right. Kind of like, but it sometimes has to happen in that order. Yeah. Like you can't start with 100 yeah. products. You have to start with your great you product. You have to start with one. You have to really drill down and become super good at right. it. In hindsight, I'm glad massage is our first one because of all the services and wellness, it's the most intimate. It requires the most trust. And, you know, VCs used to say in the very beginning, we'd have a drop-off rate at that ID step. 58% of people would drop off. Wow. So like, oh, I'm not IDing myself. Whoa, that is so creepy. That is so creepy. <laughs> well, but amazing for I you. I think some of them were the creeps, and some of them were just people just unsure. Privacy, right? Yeah, just worried about, yeah. you know, what are you doing with my data? Right. So but now, to your that's point. That's all okay. Now, now the now drop you can go off, anywhere. by the way, on that uh, page is 16%. Listen, I'm, I support you. You don't have to. I'm not on your board. I'm behind you 100%. You're like, I have the, I have the data to Let's show. Let's do everything we can to eliminate creepiness everywhere. What are some of the health benefits that your customers report? You know what's interesting about massage? Because, again, I didn't know anything about it. I used to think it's just this luxury, relaxing service. Right, that was that's. I think that's most Americans' perception. Right, of so in, indulgent. It's I for like, celebrities. Yes. You know, yeah. it costs a fortune. The reality is, it's a necessity. I'm mm-hmm. learning, and all the surveys we've done, or the American Massage Therapy Association has done, have shown that like 65 percent of all people who get massage are getting it for pain management, mm-hmm. and they tell us because they're always writing insane notes for every order. Mm-hmm. My knee hurts, or I had this kind of surgery, or I'm just getting out of a chemo session and I'm really in pain, or I just landed from a trip, my neck is all cranked, you know, from the plane. Like when I ran into Eric on the plane and you cranked my neck, (laughs) turning to talk to you the whole time. So, so that's why they're getting it. And they don't post that information on social media. It's a very private kind of thing. That's why sometimes our investors are like, why don't you have more followers on social media? I'm like, well, it's not about that. It's a fairly private thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, you'll occasionally see a post, like we, we have a post from like NFL players, mm-hmm. a few celebrities here and there, like, oh, look at my great zeal massage, and they'll do it. But for the most part, people are just getting it, resolving an issue, and keeping quiet about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. It's not like, I mean, it's therapeutic. It's it's a therapy session. It's not like I go to the chiropractor and then immediately like post something on Instagram. Right. Like, like I feel, yeah. Or, here's, exactly. here's me and Dr. Eskenazi. <laughs> <laughs> I did see somebody post recently about a Botox injection he got, which I thought was weird. Oh, and it was a man, too. It's it even man, weirder. That's yes. even weirder. I mean, you know, it's the age of transparency, right? Yeah. True. I mean, so I think people are getting more comfortable, but inherently, yeah. if it's medical or therapeutic, like you were saying, I think they keep private about it. Right. Well, and to that point, I think there are now, there are different occasions and scenarios where a massage comes into play. I mean, you have the spa setting, which is very clearly different than a sports massage. And I mean, for you guys, you offer every different type and every different style. But to play that out a little bit, I mean, who do you find, like, who who are you? Oh, my God, I'm about to use the most amazing pun. Who are you rubbing the wrong way? (laughs) In this <laughs> metaphor, is it the spa companies or is it the, like, are you are you kind of in good with the spa companies or are you finding that you're competing with them and they're not happy about it? Well, in the beginning... Can we just have a moment for my metaphor? Moment. That was Good my. Lord. <laughs> Somebody wants hats off. Yeah. Erica Listen, knows. there is no shortage of puns in the well done. room. That one was too easy, but I could not take it. Well, oh. the spa companies early on were convinced that we were going to put them out of business, just like the taxi world was saying, right. Uber is destroying <laughs> our business. And that might have been true initially, and we thought, like, this could be true. But then I started looking through the data. This is the thing, I'm a geeky engineer, so I like to look through data. And it was clear that 70% of all of our appointments occur in the evening and 22% after 9 p.m. 
So I'm like, people are getting this when spas are closed. And we started surveying people. And they're like, yeah, I'm primarily using this when the spa is closed. Mm -hmm. Or I don't go to the spa anyway. So I'm like, we're not taking spa business. We're actually opening up the market. And then we started talking to therapists. And they're like, yeah, I work at the spa during the day. And I pick up zeal orders at night. Mm -hmm. So I went to this big conference in Mexico to present to the spa world. And I showed them all this data. And in the talk, uh, the title of the talk was Zeal, Friend or Foe, which the uh, <laughs> conference organizer, Susie Ellis, came up with. I thought it was genius. And I let the audience believe at the opening of my talk, like, I'm here to tell you that I plan to put you out of business. You know, and I got boos and hisses. <laughs> but then as the story unfolded, it was like, oh, my gosh, no, actually, you know, these guys are opening up the market. And that's where I unveiled our Zeal Spa software product at that conference. And I said, oh, and look, we built a software solution that actually will help you. So Zeal Spa is a staffing tool that allows the spa to order therapists last minute to the spa when they have orders and no therapist to fulfill the order. Mm -hmm. And so we're capturing at the roughly 250 spas who are clients now, it's an average of 17% lift in their revenue by using the software. That is so damn efficient. It it's is. great. So it if, really is. Yeah, so if Zoe calls, you know, one of the four seasons that works with us. Like I do. I yeah, often to do, yeah. All it's the on time my speed dial. For $200 <laughs> a massage and says, hey, I want to come in in a couple hours. They might have said to you half the time, no. You know, we don't, we don't have anybody. We're booked up. And now they'll say yes and log into Zeal and order a therapist to show up. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it does really capture that demand. Yeah. And it shows, I mean, I think it's another example of how attuned you are to the data and to the feedback and how you're really using that to kind of make decisions for how to achieve the next level for the business, which is something. I mean, it would take me. Which is entrepreneurial. It is. Oh, my God. That's so entrepreneurial of you. (laughs) (laughs) Another Another round of applause. God, I just. (laughs) Yeah, it would have taken me three hours it used to take me three hours to get a massage because I live in Brooklyn and I would go to Central Park South. Mm-hmm. I will not name the name of this bar, but that's where my favorite masseuse was. Exhale? Yes, Exhale Spa. <laughs> God, there are only so many on Central Park South. Then I would take another hour to get home, an hour massage. So now it's like I call up my girl. She's there and like she lives actually lives in my neighborhood. She mm-hmm. comes so, like... She can get there less than She hour. can get there in like 15 minutes. And I think the best part, too, is after you get a massage, the last thing you want to do is get on the subway, whether it's a five-minute ride or oh, an hour. Like, yes. It's the worst sort of cap to what is— Are there is, any good spas in Brooklyn? That's uh, not the point. I mean, I mean, I don't even want to get— Exhale's wonderful, by the way. Ann Beth, the CEO and founder, she's yeah, a great she friend. Like, awesome. Love her. She, love I you, love Ann, Beth. Ann Beth. We're, we're a friend. Really <laughs> we're all friends. But there are spas in Brooklyn. There are. What's okay, name a couple. Brooklyn? Well, I don't know any. I don't live there. You're like, you and do. I don't support spas. I'm kidding. The spas in Brooklyn, first of all, I do feel in general are not quite as... The, the caliber is the not, caliber is not there. Or, but again, it's like after you've had a massage, the best thing you could do is just kind of like chill from it, have some tea. You don't have to worry about putting your shoes back on. Yeah. You get to do that in your own home, which I think just yeah. adds like... Oh, and you know what else I love about Zeal? You don't have to like tip. Right. It's built in. Built in. Yes. I mean, so obviously you could... You could go above and beyond, but the tip is built in. It's built in. It's an auto 18% tip. Right. So you don't have that awkward because I'm always like, oh, did I tip her enough? Right. She's not happy with me. Whatever. It is awkward to tip at the it end is. of the treatment. Because it's so intimate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I agree with you. Like, you never feel like you're doing the right amount. So oh. we just, we, we made it easy. We're like, it's 18%. You don't have to do anything. It's on your card already. Yeah, you're done. It goes a long way. So what do you think is the next on-demand 
service in the wellness world? Like, what do you think is around the corner? What is a space that you think could use some on-demand love? Oh, that could use some, I mean, everything seems to be like on-demand now. You know, you've got, you know, the Peloton on-demand stuff. Just got one. You did well. You got yeah. the bike, but I mean, they also just launched a whole series of like classes just on the phone. You don't need a bike or anything, right? Yes, right. 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 Yeah, they have all their stuff. There, there's just a ton of on-demand stuff going. But what else is on-demand? I mean, look, nobody's really done on-demand nails or facials really well yet. Those could be interesting down the road. Wellness is blowing up around the world, but the U.S. is far along, I find, than, say, other countries. So there's a huge opportunity, you know, overseas. You know, we're clearly going to become global at some point. Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) How far are you from becoming global? That's always a tough question. Like, when we were doing the whole Campus Food Grubhub Seamless deal, we talked about going global. And the, the, the number one issue, I think, for a lot of companies is the U.S. is such a huge market. It's typically, they always say, rule of thumb, 35% of a global market that you don't necessarily need to go global to build a super successful company. You just stay in the U.S. So we're we're still thinking through that, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But a lot of our spa company clients want us to go global because they have... Because they're global. Yeah, they have spas and hotels all over the world. They're like, you're doing so well for us in the U.S. You need to come to some other places. So we're thinking through it. Yeah. That's great, though. Congratulations, because I think this really, I mean, obviously, we met you a long time ago. Well, Zoe met you longer than than I did, but even hearing about it... Oh, you were just barely doing Blueprint. When you were just in Blueprint diapers. For sure. I met you when I was like 19. Actually, that's true. I met you in pre-Blueprint. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I hate to point out the obvious. I'm very proud of you guys about Blueprint. (laughs) I'm telling you. Thank you. You were at the very beginning of that whole thing. Yeah. anybody even before you? No. I don't think so. You were the first. You were indeed. And so were you. And so were you. What was your worst sort of business moment where you thought it was all going to be over? I mean, when we were pivoting, that definitely was a tough That was the time? Yeah, because we had very little money left in the bank. Yeah. And I had raised $2.5 million for the original idea and off, you know, successes. So I just felt like, oh, you know, this is going to be a guaranteed success. And then when it doesn't work, you feel like, wow, you know, what did I do wrong? And, you know, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you have all those doubts that you have as an entrepreneur. But I just kept, you know, soldiering on. I am known for being a stubborn son of a bitch. (laughs) I saw that opportunity. So did Ed. So did Allison. And we're just like, we're going to make this work. Yeah. You know, we just kept powering through it until we proved, you know, proved it out. But it was tough. I won't lie to you. Yeah. Be, being an entrepreneur, you know, it's, yeah. it's very difficult. There are many ups and downs along the way. Do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? No. No? God, <laughs> no. I thought there was like... Said no one everyone, ever. Said no one ever. I thought everyone <laughs> no. was kind of like... Uh-huh. Had that sort of feeling. No? I'm a little different. I mean, first of all, I'm not like a 20-something entrepreneur. I've been around yeah. the block for a long time. So, yeah. no, I don't suffer from that. I mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I work really, really hard. I mean, if anything, I just wonder sometimes, like, you know, why isn't this success bigger? Or why didn't this exact thing work out? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not imposter syndrome. No. no. An imposter syndrome for, like, you, you made a huge first-time success, and that's the only time you've ever made been a success. Well, that's part of it for sure. Well, I think it applies to like many categories. Yeah. They're just, yeah, success in general. Which is yeah, like, maybe. do oh. I deserve to be where I am? That with is whatever just I'm a stroke doing. of luck. Yeah. So, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? Well, <laughs> definitely soldier on because it is true that you, while there is a ton of luck involved, you do have to be around to be lucky, right? right. So, if you start a company and the idea is solid, you know, as opposed to, I mean, like, there, there's a difference between companies, say, like, Snap, which when they came up with that, who knew if that could even be an interesting idea? 
the businesses we're in, wellness, they're real businesses. Like mm-hmm. people are drinking juice, people are ordering massage. We're just putting a twist on it, right? So if the idea is solid, mm-hmm. you just have to make sure you have enough capital and right enough runway and keep pivoting and trying things so that when that time comes, you are there, you know, to capitalize on it. That's the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. That's why I haven't had one business that's sort of sold in a matter of, say, two years. You know, they all take right. a while to, like, become something. You're a nurturer, really. Yes. You're like a nurturer. <laughs> Who knew an engineer could be so nurturing? Nurture <laughs> and a tinker. Lord, this has turned into like very, you know, so much more entrepreneurial uh, than wellness, but it's that's who you are. And that's what makes this, in, you know, you interesting. No, it is. Yeah, I, I always say if I wasn't doing this business, I'd be doing another business. Well, that oh, was that was one of our one questions. Of our questions. Oh. So what would you be doing? I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean. Binding books. Yeah, I'd be binding books with glue. Shoe cobbler. <laughs> Actually, speaking of shoe cobbling, there's a ton of VC money going to these shoe businesses. Yes. Like it's which little, shoe businesses? I mean, all of them, right? All birds, great. Rothy's. Yeah. I just acquired my I mean, first. There's pair. probably too much money going to the category, but. But there are also companies that are, they're doing something with, there's a mission and a, and a motivation yeah. behind it, which is a nice thing too. It's nice to it see is. that it's not just this little halo that's going on top of a handful of businesses, but it seems like now everybody has some sort of mission approach or philanthropic effort on their business, which makes it a little easier to swallow, you know. But no, I don't think I'd be doing shoe cobbling, so. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, it's could it could be around the corner. I don't know. I think you should put some effort into yeah, that. You should go back to candy. Personally. I do think I will be in the health tech space for a while, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, even if it's not zeal longer term, I'm just, the whole health space is fascinating to me. And we're just on the cusp of learning about our genes and our personal It really medicine. is just like exploding. It's exploding. So and I, it has a direct impact on the people that you're serving, which yeah. can't be. And I have kids, you know, I have three kids. I'm yeah. like, I want them to be healthy and I want to have, you know, see advances so, in medicine and in yeah. sort of in anti-aging. And so I just think I'll be in this space for a while. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. There's lots to learn. Now, do your children get massages? They have uh, each tried zeal to some extent, yes. Like, I've let them have 10 minutes. Of <laughs> That's it? Come well, on, kids, kids can benefit from massages. No, no they, have, they have anxiety. Kids probably have more anxiety than we do. But they also have no attention span, so it's kind of lost. Well, but that's, them no, but that's why you should do that's it. it. Give so them a nice 10. massage. Let them, like, put down all their devices. Forget about social media. Come on. Let's create a whole kids category. Kids line. Because I'm telling you, meditation is, is like, you big with like children right now. 10-minute add-on, I think, is a good place to start, though. Okay. We're going kid- to yeah. work on it. We're going to work on it. We'll workshop something for you and come back yeah. to you. Well, what is your self-care routine? Like, what are you doing to oh, kind of take care I, of yourself? I don't do enough self-care. I do work out a few times a week. What do you do? Um, now you- I'm working out two times a week with a trainer. So a lot of weights and the rest of the time, you know, running stairs, jump roping. But more more days on than off, you'd say? Or you yeah, do- four. Yeah. I try to do four per week. Now, do you live in a vertical? Mm-hmm. You live in a process? When you say running stairs, you're just in talking building, about yeah. like, I you run know, stairs in my building. I, have a I whole forgot routine. my keys. Oh, no, no. Whole routine. Oh, you Sprints do? Sprints and whatever. Yeah, two times a week. Really? It's like a 25-minute stair routine. It's good workout. Oh, God. See, I have a lot of stairs in my house too and I don't 
not, they don't inspire me. I just, no, but you're I'm constantly running them. Filled with dread. <laughs> I'm well, like, it's a good workout. Better, I find, than just sort of regular running. Right. And lift weights. You know, I try to eat reasonably healthy. Okay, what's your but indulgence? I don't, I don't deny myself anything. I eat burgers, fries, pizza, just not too much of anything. Right. What's the, like, the, the thing, though, that is? French fries. His thing yeah, is French, French fries. French fries. How'd you know that? Because I have an amazing memory. Yeah, it's bad. Wow. I used to eat French fries every single day. Okay. I couldn't stop. <laughs> you were there too when he confessed to this. Yeah. This is probably the last time I saw you. I didn't remember. I don't know why I remember this, yeah, but I French didn't. fries, very bad. So that's the best now French fries I'm, in your view. Now it's more like two times a week. I oh. have French fries. What's the last French fries you had? Um, yesterday. Well, where were they from? <laughs> At Spark Steakhouse. <laughs> oh. Five Hail Marys. <laughs> Some other bullshit. <laughs> um, okay. Well, now that we've talked about, we're on the topic of food and the things that you enjoy. Our favorite question that we like to kind of close out with mm-hmm. is who is at your fantasy dinner party? Ooh, a fantasy dinner fantasy party. Dinner party. Yeah. yeah. Alive or dead, it doesn't matter how many people. Mm-hmm. Definitely French fries are on the table. Obviously. It doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. No. That's true. And I can pull out a nice bottle of wine yep. with my Please. burger and fries, right? You can elevate it. I mean, it would, it would probably be probably be a dead person. And you really, said that in such a like creepy way. You can't see his face, but it's oh, very like. Oh, you mean like yeah? I don't thriller. mean like a person who's sitting at the table and he's dead. It's just like I mean we the Walking back Dead. Somebody from the dead. <laughs> yes, specifically for French fries and wine. Okay, so my favorite stories that I've been reading forever, and I've read probably each one dozens of times, are all the Sherlock Holmes stories. Mm-hmm. So I've all I always wanted to meet Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I really did. I think like, that makes an amazing want, dinner companion. Right. What, God, what do you think he would want to eat? I don't know, but he'd want to experiment on it. Just like Sherlock would. Maybe you could just offer him like five different varieties. You know, this of is famous fries. in the show. Figure out where they came from. Yes. You know, get to the, the bottom of McDonald's. Sherlock does this, like to figure out like, you know, how long can some corpse bruise after death? Like he would beat on cadavers and test things and that's that's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. God. I, you know, I want to have dinner with him too. Now that you say all that, <laughs> that oh sounds boy. so damn so appetizing. appetizing. Um, God, well, okay. So just the two of you over a romantic candlelit dinner with yes, some good wine and, and some cleavers. Oh no, we, we get cadavers. <laughs> You're gonna just feast on some feast cadavers. on cadavers. No, I don't know. We can invite Steve Jobs. He would be cool to have there. Um, I don't know. Uh, any ladies invited to the party? Uh, sure. Allison, obviously. Joan of Arc, Allison. Okay. Yes. Allison and Joan can sit, can sit next to each other. Um, all right. Well, that, that rounds it out quite nicely. Uh, that'll do her. Thank that'll do guys. her. That was Thanks, fun. Samer. Thank you so much, Samer. And um, we're going to send everybody to uh, zeal.com. Thanks, Samer. <laughs> Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info. And check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.